Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody. It is Friday, July 1st, 2022, and live from Las Vegas, Nevada. It is a heck of a morning on the MMA Fighting Twitter spaces. Shortly thereafter, the show will be in its entirety on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. I am Mike Keck. Hope everyone's having a fantastic week. We are on the eve of UFC 276, the capper of International Fight Week. And International Fight Week has returned with a bang because UFC X is kicking off today. 9 to 5 local time, it's going down. Tomorrow, 9 to 5 local time, same thing. And it'll lead you right in to a very stacked, very intriguing UFC 276 fight card headlines by Israel Adesanya defending his middleweight title against Jared Cannonier. We get the trilogy fight for the featherweight title between Alexander Volkanovsky and the former champion Max Holloway. The Sean Strickland-Alex Pajeda fight has... Been the fight that has grown the most in terms of intrigue and interest. There's no doubt about that. Sean Strickland put on an absolute show in his first ever UFC press conference. Love the man or hate him. A guy evokes emotion, and he did a hell of a job. That back and forth with Israel Adesanya was something else. And Sean Strickland, for better or for worse, is emerging as a guy that people react to one way or the other. And he was definitely the talk of the town after that press conference. So a lot going on here. We'll do this show. I don't know for how long, probably for like 45 minutes. I don't want to take any shine away from my best friend, AK Lee, who is here as well, because Jose is on the other side of the city. He will be at morning weigh-ins. You can watch the best weigh-in show on planet earth on the MA fighting YouTube channel, AK Lee hosting as always doing a fantastic job, but this is a free for all Friday. This is your show. Let's go. Let's take calls Four corner sports. Lead us off my man. How are you? Hello, sir. Hey, so I just wanted to get your, your, uh, your thoughts on like your first time being in Vegas being for uh, international fight week. Um, also I, want, I have a question. So, um, Alfieda versus Sean Strickland, that fight just boosted up in, in popularity right now. That's the fight that a lot of us are talking about. Um, I wanted to know if, you know, who, I've, I have a feeling that Adesanya's going to win against uh, Cannoneer. It might not be easy, but I have a feeling he's going to win. But, like, who should Adesanya want? And who also um, would, like, sell mo- more pay-per-views? Uh, Adesanya versus Pineda or Adesanya versus Strickland? As, like, pay-per-view lies. Um, 
I think Strickland stole the show when it came to the the, the press conference. And um, yeah, um, have a heck of a morning, and uh, talk to you guys soon. Yeah. I muted. Sorry. Uh, appreciate the question, by the way. I'll edit that in post. Yeah, Vegas has been Vegas. And I've never been here before. Never covered a fight week here before. Pretty just got here Tuesday. Just kind of relaxed on Tuesday. Hung out with some people. Jose, James Lynch, who I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, Wednesday, we had the media day. Everything that happened there. And then I co- sort of walked the strip with Jose. Showed me around a little bit. Uh, then we went to Fremont Street, which was just a whole other world in itself. But and then last night was just was just crazy with with the press conference, and then we had the Hall of Fame red carpet, and then we were doing some work like inside the arena. So we watched DC's speech, we watched Habib's speech in, inside the arena, and uh, did some interviews as well in between those two things. But Vegas is fun. I can see why people like it. The food's pretty cool, and. Uh, I get to spend an entire extra day here because my flight out of here on Sunday is not till like, it's a red eye. It's like the last flight that leaves Vegas. It's like 11.30 p.m. local time, so 2.30 a.m. Eastern. And then I'll get home Monday afternoon. So, yeah, it's been fun. And as far as where Adesanya is right now, he's in a really good spot if he wins this fight. Because either way, you have the built-in storyline with Alex Pajeda. That will be an intriguing matchup. I think that'll sell great on pay-per-view. But Sean Strickland, if he beats Alex Pajeda, he's gonna be sing- he's gonna be saying a lot of things, and that'll be huge. This fight just got exponentially bigger for both guys. It's not just about it's not just about headlining a card and fighting for a title. This is a chance to build a big fight. Sean Strickland, no matter if you like what he said or not, the guy built himself a fight. He planted some big seeds. Adesanya responded in kind, and either way, if Adesanya beats Cannonier, it's a big one. It's a big one. Now, if I'm going to have to guess which one sells more on pay-per-view, I would say they're pretty close, but I will lean towards Sean Strickland, just considering what has come out of that, the build, what could happen with those two guys. It'll be pretty explosive. Let's get Token here. Toke, my man, how are you? What's up, buddy? John's ignoring me. It's okay. It's a two-step. And uh, my first question is actually about uh, Dave Matthews' band. So uh, I'm going to ask you. (laughs) It's free for all Friday, man. Um, So my my first question is about uh, how do you listen to, like, you go to a lot of concerts, but when you listen to Dave Matthews' band at home, do you listen to studio albums or do you listen to live recordings? Because I'm a very big live recordings guy myself. Uh, I've been to some concerts, but I also have uh, live DVDs with uh, Dave Matthews, actually. And the other question uh, was, let's talk about the role of a manager, because uh, in my eyes, a manager is one that works behind the scenes to get people, uh, to get his clients what they want. So seeing Ali Abdelaziz on stage, taking all the shine off of it, like just basking in the glory and in the uh, in the light at the Hall of Fame uh, ceremony, that really rubbed me the wrong way. And I would like uh, to hear your opinion on that as well. Thank you, Toke. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a talking point. That was definitely a talking point last night amongst 
fans, different people that I spoke with throughout the night. And yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people reacted the same way that you did. And you can kind of see that on the red carpet as well. A lot of people reacted to it in that sense. But it is what it is. It's Habib's choice. That's who he chose. And Habib came through. I, I we're, we're kind of joking that Ali's speech is going to be longer than Habib's. But Habib went out there, just went off the cuff and knocked it out of the park. It was a tremendous speech. It was awesome. He did a fantastic job. But I get where you're coming from, and you're not alone in, in feeling that way, I can assure you. As far as like what I listened to album-wise, especially when I was in high school, like late teens, early 20s, and I was going to see Dave, it was, it was like a mix of both. It depends. It was the day when you could burn CDs, you could put whatever you want on there. So it would be like a mixed bag of studio recordings, live shows. I know OAR uh, is a band I've seen a million times in concert. And their live shows are better than the studio recordings, in my opinion. So not all bands, not all musicians can say that. But I think OAR, their, their live albums are better than studio albums. Let's go to Zeke. Zeke, how are you? You're muted, my man. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Go, go there we go. I got you. I got you. I'm not going to lie, Mike. You put on a serious performance yesterday at that press conference, and that was an absolute scene. So definitely need to give you some kudos there. Secondly, uh, I got a question, and then I got just a comment on the press conference. John Strickland, yes, okay? The guy is – I don't know. He's got, like, the IQ of, like, a 20-year-old, like a 21-year-old, but he's kind of hilarious. Like, I guess that's coming from the younger community. I can kind of tell, like, the older – and, like, I guess the more mature MMA fans yesterday were getting a little frustrated. But every time he opened his mouth, I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Whether he was gunning Izzy, whether he was staring uh, Alex Pereira in the face, trying to get as tall as him. I think he's kind of trying to soak it up as much as he can because I think he knows the inevitable is kind of coming. If he doesn't wrestle, I just – I think Pereira is going to absolutely send him to the shadow realm. Maybe I'm just a, a bot for that. But Alex Pereira looks like a non-hired cartel member who is just ready to, you know, put serious pain in uh, Sean Strickland's life. And uh, secondly, what are your thought processes? I'm sorry, your thought process on Israel after this? Is it immediately going to be Alex? Are we doing this right away like this? Is it going to be, you know, take a little bit more time off like Izzy after he signed that? Obviously, he did sign that big contract and took some serious time off in between. Was it Whitaker and – I'm sorry, I'm botting right now. I forgot who he fought right after that. Uh, but, yeah, what do you think next for Izzy after this fight? Is it definitely Alex? Thank you very much, Mike, and enjoy yourself this weekend, man. Again, you're absolutely killing it out there. MMA fighting, the best fighting website in the world is represented really well right now. And uh, I guess I got to do this to AK because I did fall for it once and then I realized how hilarious it is. Happy birthday, AK. All right, let's have a, uh, let's have a nice, nice, nice free-for-all Friday. A heck of a morning. And let's, uh, let's sleep well tonight. Nothing, you know, nothing Zeke wouldn't do out there in Vegas because we got a big, big, big Saturday. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Zeke. Yeah. I mean, for, it's, it's, Sean was 
when he wasn't jumping over the line, he was he was hilarious. He was quick witted. He had Izzy. He got Izzy a little bit rattled, which you don't see all that often. You could tell that he was getting to Adesanya. There's no doubt about it. And as far as where Izzy goes if, with the win, by the way, let me just say this again: Jared Cannonier is being extremely overlooked in this fight. I think stylistically, he's got a real good chance here. I don't think he wins, but he's going to make this a competitive fight. If he starts getting off with those leg kicks and starts scoring, boy, oh boy, this could be a real interesting fight. I do favor Adesanya to get it done. And like I said earlier, his next fight will be the winner of Pajeda and Strickland. No matter what happens, it's going to be a big deal. There's a story there. If it's the Pajeda thing, you could tell that story for months. If it's the Strickland thing, all you have to do is just show clips of the press conference and you have sold yourself this fight. So... He's in a, like I said, Adesanya is in a great spot. As far as tonight goes, I'm here at the expo till right now. This is going on 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. local time. I will say this. I'm not going to give too much information, but there's a chance that I will have to leave here early. And if that is the case, my friends, I think you'll be very excited as to the reason why. I will just leave you with that, let you ponder, and we'll continue on. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Let's get Rel on. Rel, how are you, sir? Heck of a morning. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great, my man. Uh, so I seen I seen your interview with Anik, and I wanted to ask, did you did you play a little bit of linebacker or something like when you've gone up? Because you pretty big. Like I don't know if Anik is short, but you seem like pretty stocky over Anik. Was there some linebacker in your days? And then from the press conference, it seemed like everybody. <laughs> brought his energy with him to the press conference. Which, what you think that was about? Like, is it just getting closer to the fight? Could it be like, you know, weight cutting mixed with 
being under the lights? Is it just for the camera? Like, what you think all that was about? Heck of a morning. Thank you, Rel. Uh, so I'll start with the last thing. I think just there's just a there's just a feeling. Like a lot of times when Jose comes on the preview shows, and I try to get sort of a gauge of what the area is like. If there's a buzz in the air, sometimes it's there, and sometimes it's not. Depends on where you're at. Like when I was in Jacksonville, there was some buzz, but not a ton. Like people weren't just asking me left and right about fights and fighters and the card. In Jacksonville, they are here. It's nonstop here. There is certainly a buzz in the air. Now you attach the International Fight Week and all the people have come into town. There are a lot of people at the press conference yesterday. And not only that, there was a lot of energy. There was a ruckus in that crowd, so to speak. So, yeah, it was a good time. I don't know how you could not get all that excited being in front of that crowd and doing all that stuff. And yeah, as far as the other thing, I, I mean, people caught, were commenting on that. Uh, I am. I am into weightlifting. I will lift weights five times a week. Uh, I like to lift heavy. Am I a guy that's going to have a six-pack? Am I going to be looking like Yoel Romero up in here? Absolutely not. Uh, but I, do I like to get after it? Do I like to clang and bang with the weights? I enjoy it very much. I do it almost every single day. And, uh, yeah, I go as heavy as I can by myself because I don't have, like, workout partners. Sometimes last for spots, but... Yeah, I, I, I like to exercise. I'll put it out there. It's all natural, folks. It's all natural. I take pre-workout, and I take like a half a scoop of creatine three times a week. That's it. That's all I take. There's no needles. There ain't nothing illegal about what I'm doing. I just wake up and go, and that's it. Uh, Don, you're up. What's up, my man? Mike, how you doing, buddy? Good. Um, first of all, I just wanted to say... Um, Sean Strickland, man, cut a vicious promo yesterday. I love it. For all my wrestling marks out there, you got to love it. Um, <clears throat> for two, uh, I wanted to know, because I've been seeing a lot of the DC and Khabib. You know, those guys need a sitcom, for real, for real. I will watch that. I wanted to know for you, who has the best bromance in MMA right now? Because, like, we got the Hamzats. We got the Hamzats and Darren Till. You know, we got a lot of bromances in MMA. Who has the, the best bromance? And also, what's been the best thing about you uh, being there for International Fight Week? What's been, like, maybe the best interview or something like that? Um, enjoy your time out there, man. Two sweet day as always. Heck of a morning. All that jazz. Thank you, Don. I appreciate that. Best thing about – I mean, just the best thing about going to a fight week is just seeing people you haven't seen in a while. Like, I work with Jose daily. I do shows with him weekly. But I only see him maybe two or three times a year. So it's always good to catch up with him and, and some of the other – like, sitting next to me right now, Simon Head's here, John Morgan's here, Oscar Willis is here, uh, Cody Merrow, who you may you may have heard his name on the Anakin Florian podcast. He's been here. And just meeting a bunch of the media members that I've never met in person. I think that's that's been really cool. Obviously, getting to chop it up with John Anik is, is always a great time. We always will preview these cards, but it's even cooler when you get to do it in person. So, uh, love that stuff. Best bromance in MMA? I mean, there's there's a few. I mean, for a while, it was Mazadal and Covington, was it not? Those two guys are inseparable. I'd say Weidman and Wonderboy is a good combo. Uh, obviously, Till and Shemayev, but who knows? I'm gonna like I'm gonna throw one out there, and this is gonna sound weird, and you're gonna be like, "Oh, you're such a Boston dude." But I will say this: I'm gonna go with longevity, and I'm gonna go with one that I'm gonna go with. If we're looking at it like like a couple standpoints, and I mean this in not the way you think, 
you want to bet on like which ones, which team is going to let, let's, let's say, we'll, we'll, I'll change pace. Let's say it's like an 80s pro wrestling tag team. You look at all these tag teams, you're like, which one's going to stay together the longest? It's Calvin Cater and Rob Font. Those two guys are going to be together forever. They're going to be like Mickey Ward and, and his brother Dickie. Like those two guys are going to be attached forever. And they're very serious on fight weeks. But when you see those two guys together and the cameras aren't on, they're loose as a goose. They're super fun. And while they may not be the most like headline-worthy tandem, they're not ones that are going to go out there and do anything silly and dumb. They're going to just take care of business. Those two guys are going to be attached to the hip forever. So they're best, they're best buds, and they will remain that way. So I'll go with those two guys just because longevity, no chance of a of a breakup or any sort of weird thing like that. I say that in such a weird way, but a friendship breakup, a friendship breakup. Let's go with Julio. Hey, Mike, how are you doing? Good, good. good. So I'm assuming there's going to be a live post-fight show, right? I, I always look forward to those. Yes, there will be a live post-fight show, nice. my man. And so, okay, my question is, um, in other combat sports, we see, like in boxing and Muay Thai, karate, whatever it is, we always see uh, kids being brought up at a young age. Do you ever see, or if it's already happening, where MMA is brought as a whole from the beginning at a very young age, do you see that being acceptable to the point where you know it elevates the <clears throat> the sport of MMA and and you know even maybe opening up the possibility of, of an Olympic, you know, um, introduction in MMA. Do you see that happening where families or camps or gyms are, are, are accepting of MMA as a whole at a young age? Or do you think it always has to be step by step of, you know, I started in wrestling and then I went into a kickboxing class. You understand what I'm saying? I do. It's a great question. And it's one of the things that fascinates me about the sport right now, because for instance, you could have like, you could have a seven or eight year old and parents are like you should do a sport or an activity. And normally it's, you'd have, you'd play baseball or soccer or basketball or hockey or wherever. And now a lot of kids are into martial arts. They're into MMA and Sorry. Uh, when I moved to South Carolina, my son, he wanted to try like a, a karate class or something like that. So I actually found an MMA gym. It's a Carlos Machado affiliates in South Carolina. And he tried it out, did MMA for a while. He liked it. And then he went and sparred one day and some kid who was like three years older than him, just, he just lit him up. Like he was way too aggressive. My kid had just been in there for like a month. This kid had probably been in there for like three or four years. Coaches are trying to like calm him down, trying to get him to slow down a little bit, and he wouldn't do it. Uh, and they just kind of fell out, out of love with it, which is fine. Uh, but those classes he was in, there were so many kids in there. It was crazy. I was like, holy smokes. And a lot of people like it. Some people, it's just not for them. Maybe my kid will do it again. Who knows? And if he wants to, great. If he doesn't, fine. But yeah. The sport has grown exponentially, and seeing kids go in there at five, six, seven, eight years old, it at least teaches them discipline, teaches them to be better themselves, not to use it on the streets, only in self-defense. So there's good value there for sure. But some kids just are 
this is, they're cut from the cloth. They're cut from the fighter cloth. And if that's what they want to do and they're starting out five, six, seven years old, you're going to get some high-level athletes coming out of there who are just way ahead of the game. Look at guys like Mohamed Mohayev. Look at what he's doing right now. Super young guy, had an extensive amateur career, was training for a long time, and he is so far away from getting to his prime, yet he's as good as he is right now. We're going to see a lot of that in the next 10 years. It's going to be very interesting to see what the sport looks like about a decade from now. That's a great question. As far as post-fight show goes, yes, we'll do a post-fight show. I believe Sean Alshadi will host. I will obviously pop in from Vegas after the card. We'll do the press conference live stream like we do before, where it's like myself and Casey chit-chatting as we await the fighters to come up to the dais to answer the questions. But all the stuff we normally do, we're going to continue to do. There will be a preview show a little bit earlier than usual today. It'll be right after the morning weigh-ins. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Jose will jump on for that since I'll be here uh, at the UFCX. Let's get Kirkland. Kirkland, how are you? Uh, muted oh, and unmuted myself. Yeah. No, I'm doing you. well, man. How, how are, you? are you doing? Good. Great. Well, I hope you're having a good time in Vegas and all that jazz. Um, I have a question that's sort of in my line of topics. Uh, so I know Mr. Strickland stole the show yesterday at the the pre pregame uh, prep ra- pep rally that they had. Uh, <laughs> here's, but uh, I, this past month we've been seeing on all kinds of fighter shorts the rainbow colors to signify uh, celebrating Pride Month. Yet um, yesterday he commented. One of the comments he made about Izzy was about his quote gay little watch. Um, something I just can't, well, he, he, and he also got asked yesterday, Strickland got asked about, has anybody come to tell you to tone it down? Um, I'm just curious, how can the UFC promote a fighter that's going to go out and make off the cuff comments like that as a clearly making effort to celebrate the very thing marriage? Um, I know I asked last time about free speech and, you know, how Dana White has challenged free speech within the UFC. Like, when is there ever going to be a day when fighters actually get reprimanded for using language like that that's not going to expand the bounds of who feels welcome watching uh, the UFC? So, anyways, peace and love. Heck of a morning. Have a great time in Vegas, man. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's, it, it's just... It's just the way Dana feels. We have 700 maniacs. We can't control all of them. We don't want to hold them back. We don't want to censor them, yada, yada, yada. There, now, eventually, there's, there's going to be a line that can be crossed. What that line is, I have no idea. At this point, we saw fighters throw dollies through a bus window with fighters on there who are competing on a big pay-per-view in a big market, and there was very little reprimand there, so... Will there be a line? Sure. Will there maybe a conversation? Ha- like if Strickland beats Bahada and they're trying to set up a fight between him and Adesanya, are they going to try to tone him down a little bit? They might try, but Sean is who he is. And he, he admitted he was very nervous about being at that press conference because he didn't want to say anything that would get him in trouble. But I don't know. 
I would say I would say don't hold your breath, which is kind of unfortunate. But at the same time, I think there is always a line that can be crossed. Just what that line is, I don't know. I don't know what it is for the UFC. Let's get Viking MMA in here. There's a lot of a lot of you a lot of you people checking in here. This is this is crazy. Hi, Viking. Hello. Hello, Mike. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? It's good to see you at the press conference. Thank you. Thank you. What, what do you want to talk about, my man? I just want to ask about Israel Adesanya and Alex Pereira scenario. I mean, how good Alex Pereira, I mean, how good is his speed and all the stuff that he could beat Adesanya? That's my question. Thanks, buddy. Listen, there's, there, it's a compelling idea, right? Because, of course, kickboxing is not the same as, as MMA and vice versa. The rules are different. Pahed has the two wins over Adesanya. The fights are a little bit closer than people gave it credit for. But a lot of people just go back and they think, because it's also a narrative brought on by the promotion. This is the guy who knocked out Israel Adesanya. So, and that's all you hear. It doesn't make you want to go back and watch a fight. It's not the, the UFC doesn't say, here's the guy that knocked out Israel Adesanya. But before that, the fight was competitive. Where's the story there? That's how the UFC views it. Back in 2015, Alex Pajeda knocked out the champion viciously. But before that, it was a competitive fight. It was an even battle. They're not going to do that. So when you hear that and the promotion's promoting that narrative, then that's what everybody's got to think, that this dude just starched Israel Sanya in two kickboxing fights. But they were competitive fights. Pajeda did knock him out in the second one, but the first fight was real close, and the second fight before the knockout was very competitive. So there's a story there. I think everyone will try to tell in their own way. And it's strike where the iron's hot. You got to do it now. You got to do it now. Pajeda beats Sean Strickland tomorrow. You got to pull the trigger on that fight. You got to do it super quickly. End of the year. Adesanya wants to stay active. I would expect to see that fight if it happens. They're going to MSG in November. That would be a... That'd be an interesting one to put there. December, back in Vegas, more than likely. That's an interesting spot to put it. But Adesanya will fight one of those two guys probably by the end of the year. The only way that doesn't happen is if, obviously, Jerry Cannonier wins. If Jerry Cannonier wins, and I think no matter how he wins, we're going to see Adesanya Cannonier part two. Let's go to semi-casual MMA. Good morning. Hey, Mike, sort of a random question for you here during International Fight Week, but I just watched the most recent episode of The Ultimate Fighter, and good God, is this season terrible. Uh, what's your <laughs> thoughts on that show? I know AK is a big fan of it, but do you think that the UFC is going to continue to do this down the line, or do you think this is going to be the final nail in the coffin? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, they should have stopped the show like seven years ago. So by... My thought process is probably not, and we're going to continue to see it. Now, if they, do this, if they do this idea with Habib and Tony Ferguson, which I actually I love this idea a lot. You have a rivalry. Habib's not coming back to fight. This is the way to do it. 
We're not holding anything up. If you bring those two guys into coach, you're not holding anything up. They're not going to fight at the end of the year. We're not hoping anybody we're, – we're not just praying that these two guys stay healthy so they can fight at the end of the show. It's just two stars getting after it who have a competitive rivalry, and they can't answer that rivalry inside the octagon. So how can we do it? We'll do it this way. We'll have them coach up other fighters, and then they can answer those questions inside the octagon. So that would be fun. But just what they normally do in the coaches and all the other stuff, it's just, it's just not interesting. It's just not interesting. There's so much MMA content out there. So much. There's cards every weekend. Then you got it. If you're a fan of everything and Bellator and PFL and all that stuff, like, and now you're asking us to watch Ultimate Fighter, it's just too much. You got to do something. You got to do something different. I'm telling you, anything that involves a wheel makes things way more fun. Wheel of opponents. Let's just do that. It's the same show. It's the same show it has been since the very beginning. It's frustrating. It's getting loud in here. Hopefully you can still hear me a little bit. Against the fence. Hello. Make sure you unmute. Hello. Hello, Against the Fence. Hello, Mike. It's JK from Against the Fence. Uh, we're a UFC fan channel um, and uh, where fan opinions matter most. And I just want to ask you, in your opinion, uh, who would you rather Izzy fight next after um, Jared Cannonier, if he was to get past Jared Cannonier, of course? Sean Strickland or Alex Pereira? And uh, how do you see them match up? That's a who would I prefer? Hmm, depends on where you look at. Now, I would say from a fan's perspective, both are interesting in their own ways. I think I'd probably want to see the Bahada fight because, again, I feel like this is a fight you can't just put in your pocket. I mean, maybe it could for a little, a little bit of time, but I feel like you got to do it now. It's never going to get hotter in terms of storyline. So if Bahada does win, that's a big deal. It's a storyline. But from a, hey, we need to garner as much attention about a storyline so that you go to our website and we and you respond if we talk about it. It's Sean Strickland all day, and it's not even close right now. Sean has sort of stolen the show this week. And, again, love him or hate him, for better or for worse, the guy's the talk of the town right now. So I would say Sean Strickland will draw more casual interest. But I am curious to see what a third fight between Adesanya and Pajeda would look like inside an MMA cage and with the rule set and how Adesanya will react to fighting a guy who's got two wins over him. Because Adesanya doesn't do a lot of losing, and he lost to him twice. Whether the fights are close, knockout, decision, doesn't matter. You're in there with a guy who beat you twice and has two wins over you. What kind of mental power will Pajeda have holding those two wins? I'd be fascinated by that question. I'm going to try to fly through these here. T, what's up, buddy? T, are you there? One second, one second. We got you. I heard some birds chirping. The birds are chirping, but the dogs are running wild. I'm trying to bring the puppy in right now. Oh, okay, okay. I don't know what's how you come in every time I have a call or something. It's insane to me. But um, I have one question. You brought up MSG in November. I, they've been talking about John. Is that actually going to happen this time, or what's up with that? Thank you, T. I mean, listen, if you're going to – if it was up to me, like if I was the guy 
booking John Jones's return, it's New York. It's MSG. John has John's from there. He's got a connection to New York. And I mean, you, that's a massive main event. John Jones versus Stipe, headlining MSG. That is a gigantic main event. Ginormous. That's a huge fight. Do I? Am I confident that it happens? I mean, it's you can't you can't be confident about anything when it comes to those two guys. John, for much different reasons than Stipe. Stipe, you just got, you got to hit him in the wheelhouse. I think the fight will be fine. Money's got to be good. If he's got to leave his family, it's got to be worth the squeeze. If he's got to leave the firehouse, it's got to be worth the squeeze. John Jones, MSG, money, all that stuff. I think that. I think there's just. I mean, he's not gonna say no to that. I will give it a. And this is probably being overly positive. Six and a half. Six and a half out of ten is my confidence level, which isn't bad when you're considering those two guys. Let's get Derrico. Hello, Derrico. Hey, Mike, just a quick one for you today. Uh, I was wondering if you think that Sean O'Malley is being affected by not being like the center of attention. I feel like he's just not getting uh, as much like questions or, or much I don't know. I just at the press conference, I feel like he was almost agitated by not getting asked much about his fight or anything like that. Let me know what you think. Thanks. Thanks, Derrico. See, it's here's what's very difficult about fight week, at least in my eyes. Okay. Because Wednesday we have a media day and we've already talked to these fighters. We've already asked questions. We've already talked to them. And we're trying to build upon, like the only thing you could do is sort of build upon the conversations you had the day before with the same people. Because you can't just keep asking the same questions over and over again. So my mentality heading in was we try to have like a little system going on of John Morgan always asks the first question. And there's a reason for that. Then there's a reason why Oscar was next. Then Jose went in there and asked questions. And then I wanted to like... I went in there and I was like, I want to focus on Strickland Pajera. And the reason why was I felt like there were unanswered questions from the media day. Like Pajera came in, made a lot of noise about Adesanya. And then Strickland came in, said what he had to say about Pajera, that he could stand with them. He might take him down, all these different things. So like the, the lingering questions were definitely more on that fight than any other fight on the card. And it's just really tough to, have these same guys come in and you have to try to ask them different questions and all that stuff. It's tough. It's tough. But yeah, Sean didn't get a lot. I know Jose asked him a couple questions early. There were a couple other ones, but I think it's just kind of to the point where Sean has done enough to sell this fight. I think it's just kind of put up a shut up time. I think people as a whole, like are very intrigued by this, but they just want to see Sean fight. They just want to see Sean get in there. If he can pass this test, it's going to get a lot of attention after it. There's no doubt about it. It's going to get a ton of attention. The press conference will be real interesting if he wins that fight. Love the matchup. Can't wait to see it. It's getting loud in here. Joey T. What's up, Joey T? Are you yes, there? Yes, brother. How you doing? I'm good. Um, So with the fight of O'Malley and uh, Munoz, would a, if O'Malley was to lose, how far back do you think that would actually downgrade his overall progression because I know 
O'Malley said that he really doesn't want to take the bigger names until he gets paid. But and to me, I think the overall fight odds, O'Malley being that big of a favorite with finally going against his first legit test, I don't agree with that. But at the same time, he is on the win streak. He is on the rise. And Munoz, yes, he's been losing, but he's been fighting, you know, title contenders or former champions. So what's your overall opinion on the fight? Sorry, I'll be on mute. It's really loud in here. Uh, great question. I don't. I, I think Sean is sort of a big enough star where a loss will, loss will sting a bit. He'll have to deal with some social media backlash and deal with people just giving him a bunch of crap. He got it after the Marlon Vera fight. But what's the answer to life's problem? In combat sports, going out and winning. So if he loses to Pedro Munoz in some weird way. If Sean goes out, wins his next fight, it gets a highlight reel, it's almost like it's forgotten. Because, look, we saw what happened to the Cheeto Vera fight. But now, look, he's three, he's three fights, almost four fights into this thing since the loss to Cheeto. And now a rematch of Cheeto is way bigger. It's just way bigger. It's a big fight. So I think Sean will be all right. It'll definitely be a step back. If we're talking about him climbing the ranks again to a title fight, sure, that slows down that progression a little bit. But in terms of star power, how people view him, it'll be a step back. But winning changes everything, and I feel like that would be the same sort of scenario for, for Sean. But very intriguing fight. Pedro's going to bring it to him. Very fascinated by it. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. I mean, a guy who calls himself the coolest, I gotta bring him in. What is up, the coolest? How you doing, sir? Yes, sir. We're taking a quick break, but uh, got a couple things to say. Uh, try to make this short and quick. First off, long, long time listener, first time caller. Uh, I enjoy everything y'all do. Y'all put out a lot of shows. I love it. It seems like every time I open my podcast app, y'all have a new show. I love it. Uh, one quick thing, uh, or two quick things. Uh, with MMA fighters showing interest in boxing and going to wrestling. What do you see uh, MMA in about 10 years? Do you think the pay would get better so it would you know, allow or keep MMA fighters fighting for, you know, longer or, you know, stay in the MMA or will they keep going to boxing or, or wrestling? Uh, I just, that's, that's just a question I had pondering ever since the uh, homegirl from Bellator switched over. To WWE, and then my second question is, uh, Max Holloway, what is wrong with him? <laughs> uh, that press conference, man, he, that's that's out of character for Max Holloway. 
that's not a really I I love Max Holloway, but to me the trash talk is not him. And and that that gives me a bad feeling when some somebody who normally doesn't talk trash starts talking trash. That that's not a good sign for me. Anyway, I like your opinion on both of those. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Um First question, just, yeah, I mean, listen, it's, this is prize fighting, and the prize fighting is to make the most amount of money doing the least, amount of, the least amount of physical damage to yourself. And not saying that pro wrestling and boxing doesn't give you physical damage, but it's, it's different, and there's way more money in both. Do I think the structure in pay will be good in 10 years? Like, we're going to be like, wow, what a, what, what a difference. It's night and day, yada, yada, yada. It's, I don't know. It's just, I think it'll be better, but it won't be where it needs to be. Do we still see fighters going over to boxing, going over to wrestling? Sure, because there's more money there. Do I feel like the sport will suffer from it? Probably not. I think it'll be all right. Because like we talked about earlier, there's just going to be these next generations of fighters that are going to be coming up. They're going to be so incredibly talented. It's not even funny. So... I'm not really sure. And then with Holloway, I, th I mean, man, it's on fire. Dude was just absolutely on fire. And I don't know if it's a good thing for a bad thing. Is it a good thing for selling the fight? Absolutely. Could it be a bad thing for Holloway? I don't know. The last time he got a little bit fired up and energetic, it was the Calvin Cater performance. And we saw what happened there. He delivered the best performance of his career. So I'm intrigued. I am more intrigued by a fired up Max Holloway. Let's go to Keyboard Warrior. We're going to take a few more. Hey, Mike. Heck of a morning to you. Uh, I'm great, you? man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'll keep it very quick, quick as possible. I wasn't going to call in since my last bungle of hyping up Renan Ferreira so badly on your show. It, it was like three weeks of just like, I can't do this. I can't show my face. It, it's total embarrassment. But uh, I just want to say my lock of the week for, uh, for, for Saturday, I'm going to go with the parlay this time. We're going to go Volkanovski and O'Malley. It pays just a little over two to one. I'm one and one on picks for the show. I picked Jiri in my first pick, and my second one was, uh, like I said, Ferreira. So hoping to go two and one. And, man, awesome job with your second best friend uh, the other day, John Anik. You guys have great energy. I tell you, man, I see you doing something with that guy in the future. But uh, have a great free-for-all Friday, and please keep up the good work. Much love from Ontario, Canada on this weekend, man. I just want to wake up and have it be 276. I'm literally like the energy's running through my body. It's disgusting. I can't even handle it, man. Have a good weekend, and uh, cheers. Cheers to you as well. Good picks. I think that's uh, it's not a bad parlay right there, especially if it's paying, paying out nearly 2-1. to one. Not a bad parlay. I, I would pick it Volkanovski and I'm picking O'Malley myself. So let's go to Steven Ramirez. What's up, Steve? Hello. Steven, are you there? Oh, wait a minute. Hey, how you doing? So I just we got you. What's up, buddy? This is completely random. A lot of people aren't really speaking on it. This is regards to the press conference where you had the stare down between Cannoneer and Izzy and the handshake. That was a hell of a handshake. Just wanted to see if he thought anything of it. 
I love that. I thought it was some good energy. You don't see that too often. Normally the face-offs are, they just sort of blend together, but I like that one. That's, that's how I would do it. That's how I would do it. I'd be like, hey, and try to squeeze the hand a little harder and just hold on to it as much as possible. Poor Sean Shelby's trying to separate the hands and he can't do it. So, yeah, I liked it. It was a nice little wrinkle to the whole thing. We haven't heard from you, Motivated Andy, in quite some time. How are you? Unmute, Motivated Andy. Morning. Are you there? Yes, we got it. How are you? My speaker. All right. So um, I know we're talking about UFC 276. I just want to express my heartbreak at hearing the whole time last week that Shafkat Rahmanov was learning English. And secretly, I was praying. I was hoping my little MMA heart was the only two words he needs to know are Hamzat Shemaev. Was I the only one that was as heartbroken and just deflated after he says Stephen Thompson as the call-out? After the weird dap-up, he calls out Stephen Wonderboy Thompson one win in, like, his last five outings. What is going on here? I hope he gets wrecked by Imamov now. Wow. Yeah. Listen, I think he was trying to be – I think trying to call – again – Shavkat's a prize fighter. He's trying to fight the biggest name that probably presents the least amount of risk. And while Wonderboy is, is a good fighter and he does present some risks, Rockwano could just probably take him down and smush him. And that's a good name. It's a name people know and people care about. He's also probably well aware he ain't getting the Shamaya fight. It's just not happening. Will he get it at some point? Sure. Will he start to plant, maybe plant seeds down the road? Sure. But is that a fight he's going to get next? No. No. Now, because this is about, like, I don't, like, Wonderboy's not going to be all excited to fight Shafkat, no doubt about it. But from where he is right now, where he's trying to go, progression-wise, that fight makes total sense. Not my first choice, but rankings-wise, Baritoxy-wise, makes perfect sense. Law Muhammad not calling for Hamzat at the time was a whole different can of worms. That should have been his call up the last two fights. He didn't do that. Maybe somehow still gets the Shabaya fight. Maybe he doesn't. But if he had taken that time after the fights when he had live mics in his face to call for Shabaya, he probably either has had that fight already or it's on the books. I'm telling you, it's so important to make those seconds count when you're doing those post-fight interviews, especially after winning a main event. It's so important. Let's get sad. We got a lot of like newbies and returning people that we haven't heard from in a while. Sav, how are you? What's going on, Mike? How are you? Good. All right. So my question for the weekend is: If Max Holloway finishes Alexander Volkanovsky inside of three rounds, as he's been predicting quietly all week, but I think that's what he's getting at. Do we see an immediate rematch? Because if Holloway finishes him, I I think we move on to Emmett and Volkanovsky has to earn the wins like Max did. Go beat a cater in your year and then do it again. Thanks, buddy. Uh, I would say it's going to be an immediate rematch. That would be that'd be pretty unfair to Volkanovsky if we're being honest. 
He wins the first fight. It was pretty good. And I don't understand this narrative that the first fight was close because it wasn't. I thought Volkanovski clearly won four rounds. There was no controversy whatsoever in that first fight. Volkanovski gives Holloway an immediate rematch. Volkanovski wins the second fight. It's closer. I still think Volkanovski won the second fight. I've watched it a million times. I still scored it for Volkanovski every single time. Much closer fight, sure. Holloway goes out, gets his two wins. Gets a third shot. Now, this doesn't happen all that often. And if Holloway goes out there and beats Volkanovski and he doesn't get an immediate rematch, that'd be some tomfoolery. That'd be a little bit tomfoolery, my man. But I understand why people are like, we've already seen this three times. Let's get some new blood in there. But for the UFC, from a business perspective, what's going to do better? If they do Volkanovski Holloway 4 after a Holloway win? With Holloway have momentum? Or Holloway Josh Emmett? It's the fourth fight by a long shot. It's not even close. Not even close. So I think it'll be a re an immediate rematch for sure. Let's try uh, Mac 10. Mac 10, good morning. Make sure you unmute. Oh, snap. Uh, oh, Hello. I got you. Yep. Okay, I have a question. So, hey, good morning, by the way. Um, Thank you. Oh. All right, try to hop in again because I completely lost you there. Let's get in John Ray. John, how are you? Good. Like AK, it is actually my birthday today, but I will wish hey. I will wish AK a happy Canada Day. And uh, so my first question is, why is there all these bald Bostonians in MMA? You, Dana, John Anik, Joe Rogan, it's crazy. But my real question is, for the flyweight division, uh, the men's flyweight division, we got DJ and Andreano Marais fighting in August. The winner of that in for me, will be the number one flyweight in the world due to the way the men's flyweight championship is in the UFC. I just want to know what your thinking is on that. Thank you. Flyweight is fun. Will it be the best flyweight in the world? Not really sure. I think Davis and Figueroa would definitely have something to say about that, but I think this is the best direction. And I don't know why. I don't get why Davis and Figueroa has such a problem with this. I don't get it. Because what, what's going to happen? What is going to come from this? You know what's going to come from this? A bigger fight for him. More money for him. I don't understand why he has such a problem with this whole thing. But it's a great fight. First fight was great. Kai Carfrad's on a, is on a run right now. Moreno is just super fun. Either way, it's going to be a big fight. Maybe. Unless Figueredo is going to keep playing this game of, I'm only staying at Flyweight if you pay me more money. Otherwise, I go to Bantamweight. Yeah, Dana White will drive him to the Bantamweight airport. All right, I'll get Blake in here, and then I'm going to randomly choose two people. Blake, what's up? Blake. All right, nothing from Blake. How about... Uh, okay, Andrew, you get the eeny-meeny spot. 
Andrew, are you there? Yes, I am, sir. Hello. Good. Hey, what's hey, up, buddy? I don't really have a question. I just wanted to say I'm waiting in line, uh, ready to get into fight week. I'm ready to meet you amongst all the other fighters. I'm super pumped for this fight week, and uh, I'm happy for you, man. You got some questions in with Sean Strickland. You got them all riled up, and I love it. You're excellent at what you do. I watch your stuff every week. Great job. I can't wait to meet you, my man. Thank you, Andrew. I'm excited to, to meet everybody as well. So you'll see a big sign that says Radio Row. I'm stationed right in front of where UFC Fight Pass is. So basically my background, when I'm doing the interviews, will be over my right shoulder will be the UFC Fight Pass desk. So, yeah, come over, say hello. Love to meet you. Let's try Blake, and then I'm eeny meeny one more time, and then I got to get out of here. Blake, hello. Hey, Mike, how's it going? Good. So um, one question would be, um, do you think Andre Muniz – would beat Alex Pereira if they fought in their next fight. And second question would be, I know Ariel had Tim Kennedy on his show a couple weeks ago, and I've never really heard about his story and everything, and it was incredible, all the crazy things he's done. So in the spirit of Free For All Friday, what's a crazy Tim Kennedy-themed Mike Heck story that you haven't told the audience? Thanks. Oh, my gosh. First of all, none of my stories would ever compare to any of Tim Kennedy's stories. So... Let's just throw that out there. Um, God, I gotta think about that. As but like I've lived a pretty lived a pretty boring life, people. Pretty boring life. You know, have there been some days that have been a little, little crazier than others? Sure. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna since it is Vegas, I'll tell a quick story. It's not like crazy at all. It's definitely not a Tim Kennedy story, but. I told the story of Jose. He was kind of like blown away by it. So Jose asked if I gambled at all. I said, not really, but if I do sit down and, and gamble, I'm either going to play blackjack or I'm going to play Texas Hold'em. I'm going to play some sort of limit or no limit Texas Hold'em because those are the two games. While luck is certainly involved, I feel like you have a little bit more control over things. You can play odds and numbers and statistics and things like that. So po playing poker casino is pretty boring because you have to – Unless you're just drunk and have all the money in the world, you have to play tight. You have to sit back and wait for things to happen. You can't just play every hand. But I went to Atlantic City one time with some buddies I went to high school with. And the whole ride drive down from Massachusetts to New Jersey, I kept saying that, yeah, I, I, I play blackjack. Here's how odds work. Here's what you need to do this. And I could literally sense my friends like rolling their eyes, thinking like this dude doesn't know what he's talking about. He's just... He's going to go play blackjack and lose his shirt, which I allowed myself to do. I started that trip for gambling. I was like, I'm going to spend 75 bucks. That's it. I'm going to bet 75 bucks. If I lose it, I'm done. We went to one casino. In 30 minutes, I turned 75 bucks into like $700. That's a good start to the night. So then we go to a Bally's casino, and I start with $100. And I played blackjack with my buddy who was so drunk he was almost passing out. My buddy who's never played blackjack, because you can talk to the table and say, you do this, you do this, you do this. Without being coherent at all, he won like $1,400. I walked out of Bally's that night with like weeks of free rooms, sweet upgrades, free breakfast, gift cards, and $5,700 in my pocket. That was a good night. That was a run and a half. Full steam ahead. Do I recommend you play blackjack for 14 hours straight? 
Probably not. However, that was a good night. I was on a heater, and Bally's treated me like I was a king. And I've never been back, even though I had a bunch of free stuff. All right, last one. I don't know who I'm picking. The winner is Randall Freeman. If you've been waiting for a while, I'm sorry. There's just been, I'm a little overwhelmed by all the callers and all the people waiting, but I got to go. We got the weigh-in show about to kick off over the YouTube channel. Randall, go. Randall, you're muted. Hey, I don't know why. We're down in South Carolina. That was my uh, just just rehab for heart down there. That's why I was listening, dude. <laughs> but how are you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm good. Keep going. What's up? Oh, nothing. I'm just listening. I didn't mean to hit it. Doing the uh, okay. dust mop and everything. So. Ah, all right. Hell yeah. Cool. South Carolina. South Carolina. Stand up. All right. Here we go. Eeny, meeny, miny. Joe. Eeny, meeny, miny, Joe. That was an accident altogether. Joe, what's up? Where is Mike Hack? I'm here. Yeah. I'm in the X, bro. So am I. Are we able to meet you today? Yeah. Wait. Come say hello. Radio Row. Radio Row. I'll find it. I'm in here now. All right. Joe, I will see you soon, see my you man. See you soon, Mike. All right. All right. And see all of you soon. I got to get out of here. We're about to kick off the festivities here. Jose Youngs is across the city. He is at the UFC Apex. Morning weigh-ins about to kick off. You can watch it all unfold on the MMA Fighting YouTube channel, and I will be here all day long, so come say hello. Again, Radio Row, right in front of, I'm actually right in front of the UFC Fight Pass desk, so come say hello. I'm wearing a, uh, a red and blue short sleeve collared button-down shirt. I look like a couple Billy up in here. You know, the guns are, uh, the, the guns are out, but I mean muscles, not like actual weaponry. But I gotta get out of here. Peace out, everybody. Have a wonderful day. And have a heck of a morning. Next two days are going to be fun, everybody. We appreciate you jumping on again. If I couldn't get to you, I apologize. But you are all the best. Love doing this show. And we'll do it again on Tuesday. Thank you very much. Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.